0: Mai, and it is time now for the rural news with Kim Moody in Otautahi. Kyura Kim, in the country's largest salmon producer, is reporting heavy financial losses money yeah. New Zealand King Salmon has reported a net loss of twenty-four and a half million dollars for the six months to July, with increasing fish deaths, a lower harvest, and a decline in biomass at sea. The company was forced to close three of its farms and cut jobs in May after warmer water temperatures killed thousands of fish. King Salmon's general manager of sales and marketing, Graham Triggager, says the mass die-off event in January cost the company twenty-two million in the first half of the financial year. He says it's forced the company to rethink how they farm.
1: We made a change to our farming model and have now uh, the farms through the warmer summer months uh, in the cooler waters of the Torrey Channel. So those are the farms that are able to withstand some more of that uh, temperature impact. And uh, we believe that that model is going to give a safer and better option for the business.
0: King salmon followed three farms in the Pallora Sound earlier this year, keeping one running for trials. Graham Triggerger says he's confident that where they're fishing now is future-proof.
1: The Tory Channel, in particular, is, um, does provide a, a perfect set of conditions um, for raising salmon. Um, that water through that um, through the channel is, uh, is is right in that, I, I guess you could say, that a sweet spot. If, if we are seeing conditions in there becoming overbearing then we all have a, a, a lot of things to have to be concerned about um, and it won't be just uh, salmon farming because there's, there's enough buffer within that zone uh, in there that we believe can provide an ongoing great environment for producing salmon. So I think we'd have other, other uh, sets of challenges uh, that uh, we'd all be faced with.
0: And Graham Trigger says New Zealand king salmon is considering fishing in cooler parts of the country, but that's in its early stages. Worker advocates warn that employers must not be allowed to exploit the next wave of seasonal workers from the Pacific. The government has raised the quota for the Recognised Seasonal Employer Scheme by 3,000 this summer, the biggest increase in over a decade. It has also ordered that employers must provide their workers with sick leave. Robert Poupata from the Amalgamated Workers Union represented RSE workers in talks with the government about the scheme. He says he doesn't trust the industry to properly care for the workers.
1: There's no secret about we reluctantly agreed. We could understand why the Minister needed to do this, but we've also been very clear in saying if industry and the employers don't tidy up their acts, then, you know, they need to be dealt with.
0: Mr Pōpata wants employers shut out of the scheme if they break the rules. He says the system allows bad behaviour, like bunking lots of workers in one room.
1: Stop buying into the Pacific Islanders all want to sleep in the same room because that's what they do back home. No, it's not. No, it's not at all. And I challenge any employer to take me to a Pacific island where a whole lot of people who aren't family sleep in the same room.
0: Paul Painter is the general manager of Yummy Fruit in Hawke's Bay. He says the increase is good news but brings challenges.
1: We have accommodation only for the ones we've previously got. So if we get any increase in cap, we're going to be scrambling for accommodation and the world knows that accommodation is pretty short out there and obviously no time to build anything now. So the challenge here is the capacity of the industry to take up the opportunity.
0: He says substandard accommodation for RAC workers is not the norm, and he was shocked sick leave, which the new rules require, wasn't already mandatory. The increase, which brings the total number of RAC workers to 19,000, comes into effect next month. A new survey shows the coverage, reliability and speed of mobile and internet services has stalled or is heading downhill in most rural communities. Of the 1,200 farmers that took part in this year's Federated Farmers Rural Connectivity Survey, more than half say they're dealing with internet speeds that are below or only just at the bare minimum of standards. Sully Murphy reports. Despite government investment in
2: boosting mobile and internet connectivity in rural areas, farmers say they're still having issues taking calls and getting online. Nearly 69% of respondents say their calls are still dropping out on farm and they're unable to send and receive text messages when they have signal. And more rural residents say things are getting worse. A third of those surveyed reported their mobile connectivity has worsened over the past year. Federated Farmers spokesperson Richard McIntyre says that points to severe reliability issues. He says oversubscription and increasing demand on local network infrastructure has deteriorated the quality of internet and mobile connections in rural areas.
0: The falling New Zealand dollar could be an advantage for primary industry exporters who can use it to become more competitive in overseas markets. The Kiwi has fallen 2% in the past week and is down 17% for the year as it's caught in the crossfire of high inflation, rising interest rates and global economic uncertainty. Export NZ chief executive Catherine Baird told Morning Report it's good news for exporters' profits.
2: So it's really good for commodity exporters because when the New Zealand dollar is lower, it makes their goods more competitive internationally. So international customers can buy it at really competitive prices. So that tends to drive good demand. So for commodity and, you know, big food exporters, generally good news.
0: However, Catherine Beard says many of our primary industry exporters also have to import essential items. So, like most New Zealanders, they'll be paying more for overseas goods and services. She says a recent survey of Export NZ members highlighted the key barriers they're facing.
2: Unsurprisingly, shipping and logistics is number one. But the currency was up there—the level of the dollar—and we just assumed, ah, uh, yeah, look, the dollar's too high again. And then we thought, hang on a minute, it's not high; it's low. So if they're actually saying that the low dollar is a problem, um, it's probably because of those inputs. And also things like oil, you know, if anything that's imported that adds to your cost doing business here in New Zealand just makes your product more expensive.
0: That's Catherine Beard and that's the Rural News for today. Koi e rānte pūrongo on te tai whenua.
2: Kia ora, Kim.